If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of RedPeachSports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Mill. John Tabor always doing a fantastic job back at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. We always love catching up with Gus Cattengill down at ESPN New Orleans. Gus, how you doing this morning, bud? Good, man. How you doing? Good. All right. We've had a couple of uh, subjects here this morning. I don't know if you saw uh, Tom Brady and his, his little get-up last night at the Met Gala. Is that what it was called, Jake? Met Gala? Met Gala. Met Gala. Oh, yeah. Did you see did you see his little outfit he was wearing? I did not. What was it? Oh, it's spectacular, man. Uh, how would you describe He had a black turtleneck on. And then, like, a Three Amigos sports jacket with uh, tuxedo pants. It was very, oh, very wow. snazzy. We're asking a uh, worst outfit that uh, you probably have ever worn or you wear occasionally, Gus Cattengill. Worst outfit. Man. Um, it's hard to say, honestly, because I, 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 I go for the definitely casual and comfort sort of look. <laughs> I don't like to eat, so when it gets warm like now, it's, task shirts or anything that's cool and non-cotton um so i don't i don't know i mean outfit wise i'll say this when i hosted arkansas game day with uh ken hamlin and felix jones the uh you know former nfl players college football hall of famers for their schools and stuff that's great i i don't have that same budget so i i um I got made fun of because I never had the, 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 the pocket deal thing going, you know, like the, the little hanky in the pocket and basically different suits every week. So basically every time I would dress for TV was uh, was one of those, come on, man, where's the hanky and things like that. But I, I really don't have, like, outfits per se, man, to be honest with you. Like, uh, I mean, if there's a shirt or, or two that maybe people may think are funny, but I, I really don't. What, what's yours? I, well, I had some uh, green short overalls. They were guests ah, at the time, so I wore up the shorts. I see what you're saying, like yeah, like funny get up buckle. stuff, right? Yeah, it was, and I'd wear it with hiking boots. It was a bad look in in the college <laughs> days. Uh, I've never got into the pocket squares thing with the, the suits. Maybe I need to start doing that. It always just yeah, no, I mean, it, yeah, thing. it's it's definitely one of those. Dude, what are you doing? I'm like, what? I I didn't so. Yeah, apparently that's a thing. <laughs> All right, Gus, uh, let's go with a couple things, and let's uh, we got a big ball game to talk about tonight. But let's start with the the Saints, and of course the the Kobe Fleener experiment certainly did not work. I guess right. not a surprise that they cut ties with him just after two years. No, I mean you saw it coming, and you know, sort of like the way Mike Triplett and others wrote it uh, yesterday night. I mean, it's, we've talked about this that we knew he was gone. It was just a matter of. If he hadn't been released, when you could start releasing players in February, it was probably because of um, of a medical condition. Remember, he ended the season with a concussion, so mm-hmm. you probably have to wait a certain amount of time, and then you have to say, "All right, look, we're starting, so you need to take your physical." And then if he fails the physical because of that, then that's what they did. I mean, he, it, it was listed yesterday as technically failed physical release. So, uh, 
said last year, man, he suffered four before that first one. And remember, he suffered that in training camp. It set him back. He just he wasn't right all last year. And, you know, you have to start wondering, is that something that does he want to continue to play? Um, is that something the team is a little leery on as well? But um, I want to say, what, two or three last year? I think the third one put him out. I mean, cause the first one was in, uh, in in training camp. And then he suffered another one, I want to say, earlier in the season, if not preseason. So, you know, you start looking at it like that, man, It uh, it's something to really think about from that aspect of it. That's one element. But the other element is, you know, and again, and I hate to, to joke about it, but maybe it's because of, you know, things of that nature. I mean, I, you know, now that I think about it, I, I wonder if I was being insensitive when I would be like, how do you not know your left from your right? Maybe maybe he's been suffering. And I, like, I'm not being funny. Like, now that I'm thinking about it, how many concussions did he have in, in Indianapolis? Because he... He struggled, man, Aaron. He struggled to literally know if the play went left or if the play went right or if he was supposed to be in this area or in that area. He just he could not grasp the offense. And, um, you know, his first year was Michael Thomas's first year. And it, there couldn't have been a bigger contrast to grasping an offense. And, you know, in OTAs, Michael Thomas is looking at Drew Brees and they make eye contact. And he knows where to run the play. If you remember, remember two years ago, OTAs, Drew Brees went off on, man, we just we haven't even repped this play. We talked about it, and Thomas knew where I wanted to turn out to be a touchdown. We're like, wow, that was awesome. Same time, Kobe Fleener didn't know to go left or right on the play. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe, you know, he has trouble grasping that. Um, maybe it's because of medical or, or, or whatever. But, that you just, I mean, again, you can just see it coming. You would see flashes every now and then, but – I don't think it was what Sean Payton talked about at the owners' meetings when they went and got him back in the day, um, in which he talked about that this is a guy that can stretch the field, can run the seams. I think he thought he could be like Jimmy Graham. Maybe not as physical or fast, but, but close. And he just never he never was that. Um, whether he was injured, whether he couldn't grasp the offense, whether he just didn't get the feel. Um, it wasn't that he wasn't a good teammate. I mean, I felt for a guy. You, 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 I... What stood out to me, too, was the third thing I would, I would address is just, I wouldn't even say a lack of confidence, but he was, uh, he was very open and I wouldn't even say quick, but, he, you know, he would say, it's on me. You know, I can't, I, I have to know what I'm doing. I, I got to know the playbook. I got to know where I'm going. And just, you know, it's just not there. I feel finally, conf- like yes, last year, he finally started saying, look, I'm finally understanding what's going on. So, um he saw it too, and I think it was a struggle for him, uh, much less than anything else. So uh, I think it was probably a situation where both parties went, "Look, hey, it's just not working." You know, he probably wants to play some football. The Saints probably maybe used the concussion thing to designate it a post June first uh, to try to save a little money off of that. But anyway, you look at it, Aaron. How will you break it down? Two years into a five-year. Um, you know, thirty what six million dollar deal is is you know it didn't work out. It, it's definitely up there. Something I'm gonna throw out there today on my show. You know, let's uh, the the proverbial top three worst free agent signings. You know, I mean, is it in the top threes or the top five? Because again, that's not a small deal, man. Seven mil. I mean, when you think that Mark Ingram, you paid him four, and he's given you two thousand yard seasons, and been the big brother to Alvin Kamara. Who, seemingly can't hang out together without taking pictures one another. I mean, he saw the picture Friday at the uh, the Bells game. It's crazy. Um, so it's, 
it's got to go up there. You know, I mean, immediately I'm thinking Browner, I'm thinking Bird, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking on the defensive side. You've seen a lot of uh, bad signings, but offensively, it's got to be one of the worst ones, huh? Free agent one. Guys, and that's how the, the conversation has changed. A lot of people now giving Mickey Loomis a lot of credit, of course, for what the draft did last right. year. And then you start looking at some of these free agents and the fact that what Fleener, I think $18 million of that was guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. No, look, I, like I said, I mean, I, you go back to what Sean Payton said about him and talked about him. He raved. I mean, he... You know, he's like, he's going to get separation. You know, this is a guy that can and, – and you kind of saw flashes of that. Again, I don't know if it was that he was just never healthy, if it just never panned out, but um, he he was described as a guy that was very close to Jimmy, that could spread the defense and do that. And you know what? Here's the thing that you saw as well, too. I, I think while all of us going in a draft, rightfully so, said tight end is a priority, and look – some of those big-name tight ends were there. Saints could have waited for them. That's not where they were going, you know? I mean, they. if you look at this offseason now, it is undeniably and unmistakably all in. And and really when I say all in, it's quick fix or quick address hopes in certain areas and then fill in you know, with a little cement and glue and hope that it kind of like pans out in certain areas because, you know, you could have waited to tight end and that uh, 27 got your tight end and done your things of that nature. Or, But, no, they, they've said we need a pass rusher now, a guy that can go out there and do it, giving up next year's first. It's a high price to pay if you don't finish in the last four or five picks of the first round. If that happens, that means the Saints are deep in the playoffs. It means the Saints – are pushing for a number one seed. I mean, if the Saints are pushing for the NFC Championship, if not even the Super Bowl, no one's going to care. Um, but if they don't, it's a high price to pay. And then, as we were talking about with tight end, you start looking at, wow, they went and got two receivers. So Sean's like, dude, Ben Watson come in, it's one-year bridge. I'll worry about my tight end next year. I got a couple of undrafted rookie tight ends. Let's see if that happens. But – to me, the Saints are looking to complement what they were missing in the passing game out of the tight end position with basically what they did back in 2009. Look, Jeremy Shockey was a nice pickup, but I would, would you argue, Aaron, what Shockey brought was probably more of an attitude than probably production. You understand what I'm saying? That makes sense because I would make jokes and we would kind of have fun with him in our studio when we started the sports hangover, Larry and I that Jeremy Shockey couldn't catch the ball without falling down. I mean, do you remember, like, Shockey didn't – there was no yards after the catch. It was someone to hit and then fall. I mean, I mean I, I'm trying to think of how many plays Jeremy Shockey actually caught a six-yard pass and turned it to 12. It, it really never was that. But he caught the ball. So I'm thinking Sean's like, dude, Ben, turn around, catch the ball when we need you to. Cam Meredith, Taquan Smith. We're going to pair you up with what we have already with Ginn and with Michael Thomas. And now we got four receivers, three really across the board, at Brandon Coleman that are 6-1 or above. And, you know, and, and that's where we're going to get the, mid round, uh, the, the midfield game and, and the short game in the middle in between the hash marks. And, and I think that's what they're going to do. And, you know, I, I was thinking, hey, they're going to go find a tight end to complement what they did. So Sean's like, dude, just give me what I know. Give me my big receivers. I'll do that. And every now and then when we need a tight end play, that's what Ben is uh, 
to go with it. You know what I mean? But, look, they tried to get Jimmy Graham, and I think when that didn't work, he called an audible and he said, fine, let's just bring in some receivers. All right, Gus, game five, Pels, Warriors. Are you going negative Ned or giddy Gus? Can I do both? I mean, because oh. I'm giddy in that. I Look, I, I think the Pels are going to come out there and do whatever they can to try to make this, uh, you know, a, a six-game series. I, I just, you know, I asked the question yesterday on the show, what's the one thing you take out of those two games, both being blowouts but by either team? So what can you take out of that? What I take out of that is I think – you have to play like you did in game three to beat them. Now, that doesn't always happen, the blowout, but you have to play with such high level of energy, and you have to make shots. It's what Alvin Gentry said Sunday was the issue. And you can say, yeah, look, the defense, look, they only shot, you know, 40-some percent. They didn't shoot 60 percent, and he's right. The thing is, they seem – in this – with this team in this series, if you go two, three possessions where you don't make – and Curry and Durant knock down threes and Draymond dunks, that's eight points right there. I mean, that's, it's right there, three possessions. And if you don't, that's eight. So add eight to a two-point deficit, add eight to a six-point deficit, add eight to a eight-point deficit. You get what I'm getting at? And all of a sudden, you get the sense and feel of stressing. And, and, and Alvin talked about that after game four, that he felt, look, now you're down. I mean, dude, that timeout's called at 14-4. People hadn't even gotten in their seats, man, you know. But when you're missing layups, you're missing at the rim, and you can just see the eyeball test, wasn't it, Aaron? The, the Pels just were not – they didn't have that energy. So does playing that pace zap you? And that's what I talked about yesterday on my show. The pace, it works for the Pels. Gentry believes that's how you beat Golden State. My question is, is it? Or is it more of what San Antonio tried to do and what Cleveland did to beat them, and that slow it down, rough up the guards, try to get bigger players against those guards to try to make it more difficult for them, and you play at your pace because running with them is what they want to do. That's what they excel at. And you have to decide that first and foremost, right? If that's that team that you're looking at, same thing with Houston, you have to decide that before you decide what's up with Boogie. And it's something that stood out yesterday when I was talking to David Grubb from Crescent City Sports. He said a lot of the media members were talking over the weekend, why is Boogie not around? It's very strange when you think about it. You know, after that opening series, he spent games three and four in New Orleans. Everybody was kumbaya. I brought up on my show the fact that AD's response to how was the crowd in game three He's like, I thought it was great. I'm glad DeMarcus was here. He got a taste of that, you know, and, and maybe it convinced him to come back. I thought that was a very strange word to use, you know. Yeah. I think he thinks that it's not a done deal, and it's on both parties. And it was kind of insinuated to me yesterday that maybe it's not as, gonna, as easy as it's going to be to re-sign, which can only mean one thing. The club is doing exactly what it should, right? I think we all agree putting another all-star, a guy to get you double-doubles, a guy that can maybe give some matchups to different teams is a good thing. But there's also some question marks, not only the Achilles, but we've seen how good this team can play without him, right? I mean, it's more of Alvin Gentry's system. It's more to what it fits. And if you spend $157 million or more, that's, that's going to handicap you a lot, a lot. So... You have to decide that. 
So I think a lot of people here in New Orleans, Aaron, say you give him a three-year deal, two years guaranteed, that third's a player option. If he wants to stay great, if he doesn't, he can go. Um, because you're not going to get even remotely close to a full-strength boogie until maybe January or maybe even the All-Star break next year. So that first year, really, you don't get him fully back. And if you're DeMarcus, I'm not taking anything less than a five-year, right? I mean, the reason you want yours as much as you can and the biggest guarantee you can because of what happened this year, right? But because to get to that next years. level, Gus, you need another star, and you need that kind of fire. Right. Now, is it him? I mean, that's, I mean, dude, that's the question. I mean, I, I don't have that answer because it starts with philosophy, Aaron. Well, what do you want to do? Because if you want to play the style of ball that they played in game three, DeMarcus Cousins is not a part of that. If you want to play the style of ball that got you into the playoffs, won you that 10-game win streak, I'm asking you. Do you think the Marcus fits that style? I don't. No. Good stuff. I was almost going to say the case you're making for the Pels in Game Five almost sound like gullible, Gus. But uh, we'll go with Giddy. Yeah. No, look, I'm Giddy, and then I, you know, it's I get it. Neg- I mean, look, they're gonna they they see they're seeing what Houston is doing to the Jazz, and they they're gonna need that rust, and they want that rust. So they are absolutely going to try to come out bombs away, and that crowd's going to be nuts. It's all about surviving the first quarter. Well, now look. It's three of the four games the Pelicans have won the first quarter. They could have won two games in this series. So I think the first quarter is key, and then obviously just surviving into halftime, man. Gus, we want to hear more. What do we need to do? 12-3. to 12-3 on ESPN New Orleans. Tune in radio apps absolutely free, and feel free to tweet at me at gcat underscore 17. Work on getting a couple pocket squares. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> do it, dude. Do it. Later, bud. All right, man. Gus Cat, New Orleans, New Orleans. ESPN in the world. You asked the question whether or not um, Flaner was the worst yeah. signing. Josh says, no, the top three worst signings would be Brandon Browner, Brandon Browner, and Brandon Browner. Didn't he set an NFL record for the most penalties that year when yeah. the Saints had literally one of the worst? If It was the worst it defense was. in the league. Ever. And they were, like, historically bad. Yeah, no, the worst yes. ever. Yeah, I mean, the other team needed a first down. Oh, let's just go Browner's way. Exactly. <laughs> Pass interference, number 39. Yeah. Browner will never be supplanted in, in, in that facet. And I do remember when he was leaving or they finally cut him, and he made some kind of reference on social media about the amount of money that he got from the Saints. Literally, I think they paid him like $5 million bucks. Way too much. Yeah. He was bad, and then he was bad for a team that was just dreadful at defense. Bro. Yeah. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. Good stuff from Gus. Let's take a timeout, and then at uh, eight thirty, Lane Burroughs, uh, Louisiana Tech's head coach, joins us for his weekly visit. Jake's got a couple uh, tricks up his sleeve coming up next. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors. Cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king.
We're talking with Matt Livengood, General Manager at Calvert Crossing Golf Club. You know, Matt, people probably have asked you, what's so special about Calvert Crossing? Well, the difference is our daily focus is on grass and it's on people. So what that brings to you is unsurpassed customer service and superior golf course conditions. And May is the final month of our spring membership drive. You can make Calvert Crossing your home club at 75% off initiation and your first month's dues are free. Come enjoy the private club experience without the private club cost. Stop by and we will give you a tour of our first class facilities. Calvert Crossing is located on Hodge Watson Road in Calhoun. Brad Parker and his wife Leah opened the Iron Cactus in Calhoun, Louisiana on July 12, 2010 and has made Iron Cactus into a one-of-a-kind restaurant and, in my opinion, the best Tex-Mex in the area. They now have a second location at 428 Desired Street in Monroe. Iron Cactus offers a family-friendly environment that's open for lunch and dinner and also has an array of platters for your catered events. Every time you visit Iron Cactus, you'll find a dedicated and grateful staff with a commitment to deliver the best Tex-Mex, along with the fresh ideas that will make you want to come back again and again. They pride themselves in using fresh food to meet your expectations of a delicious dining experience, and they look forward to serving you in a simple cantina setting. What's better than the Iron Cactus fajitas? Eating them with a margarita, obviously. They are so excited to announce they are now serving your favorite margaritas, wine, and ice-cold beer in downtown Monroe. 428 Nazir Street, Monroe, and 1304 Highway 80 East in Calhoun. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. All right, Jake, I know you got a hodgepodge of stuff. Starts with a poll? Yes, it does. It starts with the morning at morning drive 977. We are up to uh, 27 followers. We are killing it. Uh, we've got the new top 10 Thursday topics, which you can vote on at Morning Drive 977. So, topics are uh-huh. most disliked sports sports figures. That was your request. It was an idea. Well, it's leading the pack. Nice. Um, Everybody likes to go negative. Everyone loves negativity. Yeah. Skip Bayless is number one. Um, <laughs> that takes away the suspense. It does. Well, I don't know. Screaming is right up there next. No, week. if Skip's not number one, okay, we're gonna be upset. He doesn't follow anybody on Twitter, by the way. Uh, we get it. Who to punch? Draymond Green. Once again, negative. I actually like that one. Yeah. That's got no votes so far. People don't want to go there, man. Uh, best it's run Le- its course. Best LeBron James moments. Oh yeah, thirty-eight percent. That always interests people. Mm-hmm. And last but not least. Who would you like to golf with? Who would you like to oh, include? Man, in who came your, up with that idea? That's a did. good one. And your foursome. That's what the players, of course, teeing off uh, on Thursday. So this could be anybody. Could be anybody, and that's where you kind of got me on board because yeah. I thought, like, well, if we're just doing golfers, that's not going to be very. Fun. Tommy Tharp's not on that top ten list. That's for sure. He <laughs> <laughs> might be on mine. <laughs> um, oh, Doc says. Uh, Jamil Hill is definitely number one. Yeah, See, well, there you go. Maybe we got some. Not playing golf with. But for <laughs> that, 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 no, that's figures. what I thought he meant, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, the poll is out there. Get on Twitter and vote for it. Or send us a suggestion here, who you vote for here, and we'll try to include that. Uh, let's go through a couple of headlines. And i got to be honest with you. Yesterday I spent uh, way too much time going back, and we talked about it yesterday. The performance this past weekend at the LHSA State Championships and Mondo Duplantis. So I've seen a couple different versions of his, you know, his 
clearing 19, five and a half. And I, call, I saw a couple more yesterday, and I kept rewatching it just to put it in, into perspective. You haven't shut up about it. Well, today. let's just put this thing in perspective. So we're talking about a high school kid mm-hmm. f- from Lafayette, and this is his one final time to be competing for Lafayette. Uh, the entire state's watching him. He's one of the premier pole vaulters in the world, no matter the age. That moment, you think, well, maybe he just loafs it because he still has to compete in the 100-meter dash. But he goes out there and puts together, and I, I don't know, I, this is what I brought up to you earlier in the show. I think you could make an argument that this may be the most incredible performance ever by an athlete in the history of Louisiana athletics. And greatest achievement. Yeah. Yes. I, so I, I agree with that. Just the stats alone. The second best pole vault in the world mm-hmm. this year. The Forget best junior. pole vault by any, it'd be the best mark in the college ranks this year. And then the history of the pole vault. Yeah. I believe it is the 26th or 28th best vault of all time in the history of this sport. And is by a high school kid in that meet. It was his his mark was like a foot higher than the guy that won the NCAA championship, a foot higher. Like think about that. Yes, it's pretty incredible. And for that moment to do it with the entire stadium and of course focused on one event, focused on one person, and it being you. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I was at the Sterlington Erath game when that was going on. When he did that. I heard people all around me talking about it. Did y'all see this? Did y'all see? And then it had a lot of people in the state talking. Yeah. And how many times has that happened with, with a pole vault? Never. <laughs> and it probably will never happen no, again. No, I don't think so. It, it's incredible. Second best vault in the world this year. Yeah. So now we remember this and we look forward to the next time we'll get to see him, which right. will probably be the Olympics. All right. I feel like just driving down to Lafayette and giving them a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be on board. So just when we see him in the Olympics it. in Tokyo, I'll say, hey, that's a former Aaron's age. Right that's there. right. <laughs> <laughs> Would it count if I just mailed it to him, just sent it to Lafayette yeah, High yeah. School? And then you could, yeah. yeah. When you're talking about yeah. past Aaron Aces yeah. on the diplomas. Yeah. Just by the way, yeah. That's one of my guys right there. <laughs> Never thought so before. That would be horrible just to start to give it to opposing teams. <laughs> and opposing Dude, guys funny. not even you from this just area. like mailing yeah. it throughout yeah. the yeah. – And then go – Some kid from Edna Carr tears up Neville. <laughs> and then knowing you, you'll probably start sending it to Texas. Yeah. And, oh, uh, the greatest performance ever in the history yeah. of LHSA athletics. Yeah, I don't think that's an over-exaggeration either. Because I was really – when you said that, I was trying to wrap my brain going – what? So you were thinking Peyton Manning. What could I, well, I, you said achievement at first, and I was like, well, just having Peyton Manning come from the LHSA, I thought was probably the greatest achievement. Like just having one of the guys that could be considered as one of the greatest of all time to, to play quarterback in the NFL. Uh, how far did he lead Newman in the postseason? It, sure, but I'm just saying the fact that he came from under your umbrella. Little known fact, uh, Doug Williams coaching in high school football actually beat – Peyton Manning in the high school playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, I had to go – I had to think outside the box with something like that to try to even compare, try to come up with something that could even come close. Yeah. That would be some great research out there. Marcel, do you have anything you could uh, bring to that history lesson? <laughs> Greatest <laughs> performance ever in LHSA. That's true. Bob says Jake just wants to talk about the Pels. 
I just want to talk about the Pels. <laughs> hey, I do have some news. Um, so you remember when we were talking about the ESPN Plus app and how you're going to have to pay $5 a month for – it offers, like, everything that you don't see on TV. Uh, more cornhole for you, mm-hmm. I guess. Anyway, I was so against buying this. And then, literally minutes ago, the UFC announces that they've struck a deal with them. They're going to air 12 fight cards on this app. So I'm going to be a sucker and have to pay $5 a month for this Mm -hmm. stupid app. I am upset about it. That's good marketing. It is very smart on ESPN's part, but I'm upset the UFC struck that deal. 888-993-7762. Of course, you can weigh in on the top 10 Thursday. You can go to at Morning Drive 97.7, correct? Is that our handle? At Morning Drive 97.7, yes, that's correct. Thank you. I had to think about it. (laughs) Uh, We're back after this. Louisiana Tech's head coach Lane Burroughs joins us around the corner. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. It's graduation time, and National Jewelry sends congratulations and wishes for the best for your future. And if you have a gift list to fill, bring it to National Jewelry for great ideas. For the Girl Grad engravable bar necklaces under $50, monogrammed silver cuff bracelets start at only $21, and a brand new selection of charm bracelets with hundreds of new charms to select from. Gift wrapping is free. Visit National Jewelry, your diamond and engagement ring store on Riddles Drive in Ruston. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Welcome back to the Morning Drive. Today's Louisiana Tech Report is brought to you by Legacy Rehab. They offer physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for many of our local health care facilities. Whether it's sports medicine, pediatrics, or chronic pain management, Legacy covers it all. Serving locations in Ruston, Monroe, Bastrop, Farmerville, Bernice, Minden, and South Arkansas. Call 255-5980 for more information. That's Legacy Rehab at 255-5980 for more information. We go back to the Stuart Shelby hotline and now joined by Louisiana Tech head coach Lane Burroughs for his weekly visit. Coach, how are you doing this morning, bud? Hey, doing good, guys. How about you? You doing all right? 
Fantastic. Got a number of questions for you, but I got to start with this. I was really disappointed last week. Uh, the Texpies, uh, a lot of great awards and a lot of great production work that they did to put this thing together. And one of the things that really stood out, they did this thing called uh, coaching uh, karaoke, and it was about yeah. Tommy McClellan, and of course, uh, he had Coach Holtz, and he had Coach Store, and some others in a van driving around and singing. It was fabulous, but there was one piece of it that was missing, and that was you, the fact that you were not in that van. How did that Yeah, I could, Yeah, I couldn't agree more, uh, Aaron. That's disappointing, to say the least, that I wasn't asked to be in that uh, deal. I think we were out of town, but I'm going to go yeah. with that, but uh, pretty sure. I don't know about singing, but I'd be willing to bet um, I'm probably the best dancer of all the coaches on campus. I would, I would definitely go there. So, uh, but yeah, disappointing. I'm a music guy and uh, uh, music historian, if you will. I know my music 70s, 80s, 90s. So, uh, disappointed I wasn't asked to be a part of that, to say the least. How would how would you break down uh, their performances? Uh, who did you think was the best singer in that band? Well, obviously, Brooke. Uh, me and Brooke are friends, and Scott, and uh, we go way back. And she was right there front and center. I thought she held her own. And, uh, you know, it was uh, – I really didn't know who they all were when they were getting in. It was, it was the first time I'd seen it at the Texas. But uh, it was – I'm going to give uh, Tommy McClellan – he is the boss man, but uh, I'm not going with him as the best singer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to give that to Coach Stower, Brooke Stower. Obviously, it went over pretty well at the event with uh, the student-athletes going crazy. Yeah, it was. Uh, everybody was enjoying it. Funny, good to see a coach. I know uh, players like to see their coaches out of their element of, of being in practice and games, and good to see them being normal human beings and having fun. So uh, it was all great. Uh, I'm glad they did that, and it was. It was definitely. I had heard a lot about it, so I was excited to see it, and it, it seemed like it went over well. And everybody really enjoyed it. All right, coach. Uh, let's go over some baseball news and notes, and uh, I guess we got to start with what took place this past weekend. A tough go at it versus middle at home. You lose that series. And there's really a series that you haven't seen all year, the fact that you had some issues with your starting pitching. And we'll start with the elephant in the room. And now that you've had a chance to kind of go back and reevaluate what took place, what went wrong with your starting pitchers over the weekend? I think, number one, we ran into a very good offensive club who's uh, an older team. If you look at their roster and their numbers, and those guys are older, uh, a lot of redshirt seniors, and uh, they were really good offensively last year, and, and uh, were, it held true this this year. I thought uh, we had heard middle could really hit, and they're athletic, and they run the bases, and uh, they did a good job defending the field. And, you know, essentially we just didn't get good starts. Um, you know, I, I, you chalk it up to one of those weekends, and, I think the fact that Logan Bailey wasn't able to post, uh, that hurt us. Uh, he's been one of our better arms uh, probably all year and um, probably been the most effective guy on the mound. And, you know, his, with him not being able to go out there and get his shot, uh, I think that it caught up with us not having him on the back end. Uh, he's been really good on Sundays. The reason he's on Sunday is because uh, we talk about Sunday being about toughness, and he's one of the toughest kids on the team. And, you know, realistically, it's tough, and he's probably good enough to be a Friday night guy, but, we like him being in that Sunday uh, position, and I think not having him hurt us. And uh, for whatever reason, you know, our, uh, Matt and Logan just didn't ball wasn't coming out of their hands good. And man, when you're facing a, a really good hitting team that's got some power and and uh, it's hot and the wind, you got that south wind and it's uh, at the love shack. It's uh, ball is going to be jumping, and and uh, we left some pitches up, and those guys took advantage of them. Uh, well, you mentioned uh, Logan, so what does that mean for this weekend? Will be able to go? 
Yeah, you know, he looked me in the eye. I told him when we left, um, there's, he, he got an MRI. There's no structural damage. He's just, he's got some issues there, and he's seeing the doctor again today. And look, we're not, we're not questioning his toughness. We will never put him in jeopardy. And uh, I was walking off the field Sunday. I was the last one to walk off, and he looked me right now and said, "I'm pitching next weekend." So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll 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 see. Uh, what he didn't really throw a pin last week, and essentially didn't put a ball in his hand, so we knew it wasn't a good sign uh, late in the week. But uh, we'll see what he can do and. If he feels good, we'll go with him. If he doesn't, we won't. And uh, it'll be next man up. And, uh, you know, I thought David pitched pretty well uh, on Sunday early, and then he had the rough inning where they were up four to nothing. They hit a four spot, and you just knew. You're like, hey, man, we're, we had gotten deep into our bullpen on Saturday with that long uh, game and 15 13 game, and so did they. And so you knew there were going to be runs put up. And, um, you, you know, but you look back on the series and uh, Friday night and Sunday. Uh, we're we're in our last at bat with a chance to win. We got runners in scoring position, and we're one hit away from tying the game or taking the lead and winning the game. So, uh, when you look back on it, it's it's our league, and uh, it, we could have easily been swept at home, and we could have easily swept them. It's uh, the 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 margin of error is so razor thin in our conference, and you know I keep saying that, and I think people get caught up in records and all that kind of stuff. And man, they're, they're good baseball teams. Those guys are. Uh, Middle Tennessee are older. They got good coaches, and and uh, they came in with their hair on fire, and they they took it to us. Coach, we mentioned this last week about the grind of this season, and of course the fatigue that comes into it. So, what is the fine line, of course, with your pitching staff and your starters getting work during the week and then being ready for the weekend? And how do you know when to push them and when to maybe pull back a little bit? Yeah, I think a lot of that's just trust factor, and uh, we we. We, we talk about that from the first meeting on with our, pro, and our team at first uh, program meeting of the fall is, hey, there needs to be a level of trust and nobody's going to question anybody's toughness and uh, you, nobody knows their body like you do. And, uh, you know, no, uh, I don't know what you're feeling and, and what, you're, what, what your body's telling you and you need to be honest with us. And I, I think that's number one is a trust factor. And, you know, a lot of guys, the innings are piling up. And um, when you talk about innings and stressful innings throughout the year and it's that time of the year where you see some hitters, some scores get a little football looking because uh, uh, pitchers are getting deep into the season and they throw a lot of innings and, and uh, hitters are seeing the ball better and the, the, the weather's warming up so it's easier to hit. But uh, I just think the, the ability to communicate and to trust each other, and, and, and I think we have that in our program uh, without a doubt. And, uh, our guys seem to have a level of maturity and they take care of their business and uh, you know, it's concerning going in to play a good good club this weekend. Uh, but I feel like our guys will bounce back, and we probably won't start a rotation. I mean, name a rotation until later in the week and see how guys are feeling and, and what we're thinking, and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, getting several uh, great performances offensively, and Hunter Wells continues to get it done. He's now 19th in the country in hits, 26 multi-hit games. What has he meant to your guys' lineup this year? That he can just hit. He's a hitter, and uh, you know, I, it's uh, probably one of the better hitters I've, I've had an opportunity to coach. And with the ability, when you talk about just the ability to take his hands to the baseball and put the put the barrel on the ball, and uh, you know, we were talking about it yesterday in the office. How many line drives? And uh, he had an inside the park home run uh, against Charlotte that they overturned the call, said the catch was made, and it was not. Uh, he also got called out that same game at first on an infield hit. He was safe, and uh, you know, he's. He's probably had about 10, 12 hits taken away from him. That uh, I think he's, he's getting close to school record for a season, uh, I'm pretty sure. I think Gladue, uh said it last year. And, uh, he's just one of those young men that uh, 
you know when he steps up there, he's going to give you a quality at bat. He's not backing down from anybody. It uh, doesn't matter how hard you're throwing or, or what your stuff is. Uh, he's going to give you a good at bat, give you a chance, and he's going to see pitches because he rarely strikes out. And uh, he, it, it's been fun to watch. Uh, and the good thing about him, switch hitter, and he's as good from the right side as he is the left side. And uh, It's fun to have Hunter on our team. And uh, he's one of those young men. Aaron, I tell you, he just never has a bad day, man. He comes to the park. He's got a smile on his face, and he's he's always talking, and he's kind of like everybody's little brother. You know, he you let him hang out with you because he's good at baseball. When you grow it up, he's uh, that's kind of how everybody looks at him. He's just a fun kid to be around. Lane Bros, Louisiana Tech's head coach, joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline for his weekly visit. Coach, uh, you guys are going to make up this Grambling game on Wednesday. Some people were surprised that you're making it up. I, I know after knowing you for two years now, you just feel like it's important for this team to continue to play. Yeah, I want to play, and uh, like, I don't. I don't get into the you know um, RPI. Let's don't play this. There's people do that. I don't like that. Uh, I don't think it's good for our sport. If you say you're gonna play somebody and and you schedule it, you play. Uh, don't schedule it if you don't want to play. And and let me tell you something. Those guys are good. They got a good team, and Coach Cooper's doing a great job. And they know what they're doing. They're good baseball men over there. And and we played them earlier in the year. And I thought they were really good. I was very impressed with a lot of their players. And and uh, you know, it's just it's it's just I don't like when people get deep in the year and they start worrying about their RPI so they don't play this game or they cancel it. I mean, that's I don't like that. And uh, yeah, if you're gonna be a man and you go schedule a game, you play it, you go with it. And uh, I promise you, I'd rather play than practice tomorrow. We need to see some live pitching and uh, we need live action before we go into the weekend. And and uh, you know, first things first, we got a good Grambling team tomorrow night, and uh, we need to go win the ball game. And uh, Follis will start and. We'll, we'll probably throw a lot of guys, get some work in, and, and uh, get ready for a big weekend. Yeah, big weekend against Southern Miss. Boy, just some gaudy stats from this team. I think they've swept now three consecutive conference series. They have a three-and-a-half game lead in the league. When you look at Southern Miss, what makes them so salty this year? Well, they're, they're kind of doing it on both sides. I mean, they, they can, they're they really offensive. Uh, they probably have the best hitter in our league, Luke Reynolds, and he's a transfer from Mississippi State. And, uh they, they obviously probably have the best pitcher in our league too, and Nick Sandlin. It's uh, they're they're getting it from both sides, and and um, you know, they're they're just kind of the flavor of the day. They got a little rock show going on down there, and, and uh, very good. Uh, we respect them a lot, and uh, you know it's um, nobody's really challenging them. That's uh, that's the disappointing thing that uh, they're just kind of cruising through this league, and uh, I think we need to take it personal, go down there, and, and uh, try to try to stop it. Um, you know, we're, we got our work cut out for us all weekend, but the, the dude we're facing Friday night, I mean, he doesn't allow runs. He strikes everybody out. So if you look at his numbers, they're, they're unbelievable. Um, you know, but uh, he's been their closer the last two years. They moved him to rotation, and they, it's worked. And, uh, yeah, they're they're very good. They're well coached. they got good players. And, and uh, you know, I hope our guys go in uh, with a chip on their shoulder, and it's going to be a hostile environment. They're trying to win the league for the second straight year, and, and uh, we need to do whatever we can to keep them from doing that. Lane Burroughs, as always, we appreciate the time. Good luck versus Grambling and then, of course, Southern Miss this weekend. Thank you, bud. Okay, Aaron. Thank you, man. Lane Burroughs, Louisiana Tech's head coach. Good stuff, man. You look at uh, Southern Miss uh, this year, uh, really uh, an incredible year. I think they've won 12 of the last 13. But overall, what this program has done, 15 of the last 17 years, they have won at least 35 games Mm -hmm. no doubt i said earlier this week that i thought this would be 
the toughest team they had losing Texas had to play all year. Yeah. And the numbers certainly back that up when you start looking at what Southern Miss has done mm. this year. And from an LSU guy to say that, too. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Three consecutive sweeps in conference play. Mm-hmm. Nothing to sneeze at. I loved uh, Lane Burrow's response there because there has been a lot of talk about this Grambling game. And uh, should Louisiana Tech go ahead and reschedule and play it? They are going over there. They'll be making the trip to Grambling on Wednesday. In fact, uh, the G-Men in action tonight. So they're uh, playing Northwestern State down there. Then, of course, they'll back it up with Louisiana Tech on Wednesday. Grambling continues to get ready for a conference play as they uh, conference postseason play as their league tournament will start next week. 888-993-7762. Parting shots coming up after the break. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. On Saturday night, May 19th, in El Dorado, Arkansas, it's world-class revolution wrestling, 7 o'clock at the Griffin Music Hall, featuring in action, Big Papa Buck Scott Steiner, the champion, Jack Swagger, the IWR World Tag Champions, the Von Erics, and many more, including me, me and Gene Oakland, Emma, and several others. Folks, it's going to be a great night of action. Get all your information and tickets at ImperialWrestlingRevolution.com in El Dorado, Arkansas, Saturday night, May 19th. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. The all-new Yard Power of Monroe, Northeast Louisiana's only Cub Cadet dealer. Your Cub Cadet Superstore is holding a big open house this Saturday where you can save 15% on all Cub Cadet Pro-Z mowers. That could mean up to $1,800 in savings. Big discounts on a great selection, even red tag special deals on closeout inventory. So remember YP, Yard Power, on Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Lane. Good morning. Here's the latest weather conditions for our area. Mostly sunny skies with no mention of rain in the forecast for today with a high of 89 degrees. Mostly clear skies, mild temperatures tonight are low 66. Mostly sunny skies on tap for tomorrow and a high of 88 degrees. Now, let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Jake, before we get to our parting shot sounder, let's go here. Uh, you know, Shreveport Bozier, they don't support squat when it comes to athletics, right? That's why this story with the, the mud bugs is pretty darn impressive. Uh, they came back, of course, and now I don't know what level of hockey that is. It's a younger group, but they have advanced now to the finals of that league that they're playing in. And they continue to draw great crowds over there now. I think they had 2,500, 3,000 for the last home game. They'll be in the finals now, and they will head to uh, Minnesota to play a first uh, a finals matchup in game one. But it's nice to see that. I say they don't support squat. 
Might not be true. They do support hockey. Winning cures all. Yeah. They say Win that. and they will come. And, and marketing also helps. And, of course, get the <laughs> word out. And, of course, make it a family atmosphere and an event. All right. Let's not, uh, let's not make any. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Okay. Well, what did I say right there? I was know incorrect. where you were going. What road did you think I was going down? You were going ULM. No, I was not. You, were, I was you not wanted going to. There. I was not going there. Okay. Uh, that leads us to our parting shots. That's why I don't read the newspaper. Because it's garbage. It's time for Parting Shots, sponsored by no one. Sort of, if you want to know the truth about it, pisses me off. We're not afraid to ask the hard-hitting questions. Go on. Come on, ask it. Ask it. Or you're not capable. Okay, coach, how flexible is Nick White? Is your head in the sand? It's not. Are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? My suspicion would be no. I can, you can't. Easy, coach. At least he doesn't disappear in Mexico for long periods of time. I think you must have been either um, head in the clouds away on a holiday. Some thought-provoking parting shots. Well, you must be very stupid. I'm sorry. C congratulations. Uh, oh. Congratulations. I lost. You lost? Yes. Oh, okay. No Mexico this year. We're in Jamaica. And what's odd is I will be in Jamaica the same time as Nick White will be. Oh, but man. But we will be in different uh, locations. I think we'll only be separated by a few uh, miles. But we will not be in the same resort. If y'all don't meet up, were y'all ever really friends? Ooh, wow. That's tough. Mm. Just saying. It's mm. a question. Um, what are you trying to do? You're causing trouble I in this am. segment. I don't know. <laughs> and, you know, I had a thought yesterday. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be more positive. And that just didn't really work today. <laughs> I felt great today. That's the first time I worked out before coming into the show in yeah, months. Yeah, workouts. Always. See, I'll work out after. I'm positive after the show. Now, when that alarm clock goes off at 440, you're like, this is not the greatest idea in the world. No. Yeah. And probably around 3 o'clock today, I'm going to be saying that wasn't the greatest idea in the world. You should Instagram it like The Rock does. The Rock Instagrams when he goes and works out at like 3 o'clock. Eating like eight uh, eggs. And eight meals a day, yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Aaron says they can't meet up because they will get robbed traveling between resorts. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, there's your excuse, Aaron. I don't want to get robbed, Safety, so yes. sorry, Nick. Yes. Safety first. Need armed guards. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I wanted to get into some more football talk. We talked a lot about football today. It yes. was a good day. I think we should do that every day. It was a good day. Yeah. Um. So Bill Bender came out with the Sporting News. He came out with his top 25 quarterbacks for college football. And I kind of want to go through that list because there were some interesting things in that list. First of all, at 25, he had Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. Now, some of you might be going, who? Trevor Lawrence has not played in a game before. But he tore it up in the spring game, and that's putting some pressure on Kelly Bryant, who is their starter and who is back on the team so i found that interesting that he was included in this list first of all maybe that's a prediction that he will eventually uh, win that starting job two i thought it was interesting simply because you know you look at you you can look at a couple of different schools so at least two i, I think it's just two that clemson and alabama have two quarterbacks on this list each mm. 
So that's what that's what's interesting to me is you're looking at it and going, and really Georgia could probably could have probably had it as well. So you're looking at it and going, okay, who's going to take a step back in 2018? Who's going to kind of silence those fans that are saying we want the next guy? The next guy is the five star guy that we've been hearing about. We want him because you know that comes anytime a quarterback struggles. And guess what? Throughout the season, a quarterback's going to struggle. So I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, another thing that I thought was interesting was Kyler Murray at 18. Uh -huh. Now, why this is interesting is, A, I'm like the biggest Kyler Murray fan there is, and I don't think he should be <laughs> anywhere near this in, in the top 25. I love Kyler, but I don't think he's a, a top 20 quarterback in college football. I'm sorry. B, it's also interesting because he could not even be there. The reason why is he is number 36 on Keith Law's upcoming MLB draft board. So let's let's say he gets drafted early and bolts for Major League Baseball. Hmm. What's Oklahoma going to do then? Where was Justin McMillan at? Um, he was right outside the top twenty-five. Or did they just group all three of them <laughs> together? Yeah, that's what they. That would have been a great way to cheat. Sure, they still wouldn't have got Drew Lock number one. No, uh, a couple. I'll get to him in a second. But they had Shea Patterson at fifteen. I know he's of interest. Did we even discuss that he was eligible? Yeah, he's eligible. <laughs> I feel like we talked about it for so long, and then when he got eligible, I don't think we talked about it. Is he going to change that number? Is he going to go at 20 again? Hey, it's, I hate that. Yeah, yeah. So do I. I I'm, I'm not a fan of that. Um, so, yeah, uh, Shea Patterson at 15. Kelly Bryant was at 13. Uh, Nick Fitzgerald was at 12. Yeah. No surprise there. All right, Jalen Hurts, number 11. Should he be in the top 25? Mm -hmm. uh, what's his record in college? I get it. He's like 26-2 and two or yeah. whatever it is. But should he be in the top 25 if he's not even going to start? If he's probably not even going to play? If two is as good as we think he is. Where do they have two at? Two is at number two. <laughs> so Bama has two in the top 11. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, Drew Locke was at seven. That's where you asked, uh, who you asked about. Two is like the Garoppolo of college football. He is, isn't he? <laughs> he really is. That's a great comparison. He hurts for so long how good he is. With even less of a track record than Garoppolo. That's true. He had in a half, not even a whole game. He had in a half and lit it up. But, hey, that was a pretty important game he won. Not bad. Um, Jake Fromm was three, um, and he'll be pushed by Justin Fields for playing time at Georgia. But I think Jake Fromm's fine. And then number one was Trace McSorley. Mm. What about the kid from Oregon? Where was he at? I think he was like 14. Yeah. Uh, I think this would be a good thing to – go into tomorrow with these uh, quarterbacks and then you start looking at 2019 quarterback prospects and you look at the number of quarterbacks that were selected this year with what uh, the five first rounders you think well there's not going to be that many teams that are going to be looking for a franchise quarterback next year but that is not necessarily the case when you look at some of these aging quarterbacks people are always looking for quarterbacks yeah, man what, what are the and how many of these are going to work out yeah and how many are going to you know, bell on it <laughs> after, after one, year. one year. Yeah, talking about you, Cleveland. I mean, look what we what did we talk about earlier in the show? Pittsburgh. They just got Dobbs. Who'd they get? Mason Rudolph. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but a fourth rounder and then I get Rudolph in third round is a little it, different than wasting a first round pick on well, a quarterback. I think Allen, Darnold, Baker, even Rosen. I think you're good there, but I mean, like, you know, Baltimore might not like what they see from Lamar Jackson. Pittsburgh might go, you know what? We need another quarterback. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, want to plug this real quick before we go. Top 10 Thursday topics. It's up on Twitter at Morning Drive 977. The topics are most disliked in sports. Who would you have punched Draymond? Best LeBron James moments, or who would you most like to golf with? By the way, no votes for Draymond yet, and Good. golf only has 10%. Mm. But when only four people vote so far, it's... Well, we got, we've got at least double four. <laughs> uh, real quick, you left me no time for my parting shot, so we'll end with this. Tonight, <laughs> Pell's Warriors prediction. They lose. By? Nine. Warriors win by 13 or more. I didn't know you had a parting shot. I did, but leave it to you. It only mean anything. Uh, save it for tomorrow. Hog in the mic. Uh, what do we got going on tomorrow? Coach Federico will join us for his weekly visit at Dr. 8 Sager. o'clock. Dr. Saul Graves will be scheduled to join us tomorrow at 7.30. Looking to get into a little prep baseball talk. Yeah. That kicks off tomorrow. And coming up next, The Edge with Puff Daddy and Terry. Thanks for listening to Morning Drive. Great job on the board, John Tabor. Everybody have a fantastic day. We'll yell at you bright and early tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Thanks for listening to the best of The Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.